This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Rogers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of Pax What She Said. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the first episode, and we can't wait to talk more Packers football with you every Saturday I guess indefinitely until they make a stop. I am one of your hosts, Maggie Loney, and once again, I'm joined here by Perry Goldstein. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about a very early preview of the Packers 2020 opponents, breaking down the home games, breaking down the away games. Uh, But before we get started with that, Perry, which game are you most looking forward to going into the 2020 season? Ooh. Um, So I'm not going to say the most obvious which is the rematch in California. I'm most excited, might be a tie between the Saints and the Texans. Um, One is just because the Saints are an amazing team. And I think uh, there's a lot of similarities with aging quarterbacks, star wide receivers, really great defenses. And I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch. I think it's going to be a big test for us in the Dome. Um, And the Texans, because... I love Deshaun Watson, and I love watching him play. We can get into this later, but he really kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers sometimes. So I am excited to see what we can do against them. It's a team we don't really play that often. So I really like the Saints pick. Um, it feels like one of those games, I know we'll talk about it a lot later, but it feels like one of those games that could potentially have playoff implications. And anytime uh, you're playing an NFC team, that is something to think about. Also really like the Texans pick. I'm trying to decide which of the away games I want to get to. Buccaneers is up there because my husband's sister lives in Tampa. Uh, so I feel like that would be a fun trip to go down there and see them play. But I also have family in Houston. So maybe, why not both? You know, it'll be like that meme. Why not both? Maybe I'll just do both. Uh, and I'll just never buy a house or do anything actually responsible with my money. <laughs> All right. So I guess before we get started breaking down each individual game, um, you and I had kind of talked before the show about, do we really want to go in-depth about the division games just because we play them twice, we play them home and away every season, Bears, Lions, Vikings. Um, So maybe just really quick before we break down the home and away games in more detail, what are some quick thoughts that you have about the division games, either home, away, or both, um, kind of where you think the divisional, what it'll look like? in 2020 and maybe which games are most intriguing to you for what reasons? I think our division is always competitive. I don't think that's going to really change this year. I think the free agent, the free agents are, are going to be an interesting, uh, um, to see where, where things change. Like the Vikings have really tight cap space and a lot of big free agents. So they're going to have to make some decisions there, um, especially on the defense about who they keep. 
Um, and that could be really interesting and have some, some implications for us. I think I, um, you know, also with the Lions at quarterback, like what's going to happen with Matt Stafford? Is he going to be healthy? You know, who's going to take over there? And now we get to play against an old, an, an old uh, coach who, who knows us really well um, in Dom Capers. He just joined the Vikings. So it'll be really interesting to see what inst- you know, institutional knowledge from the Packers he brings to the Vikings and, and what they do when they go up against us. Of course, some of our offensive weapons are, are different for sure, but you know, it's still Aaron Rodgers and he still was with us for 10 years, maybe long time. So, um, so it, it could be a challenge, you know, for Matt LaFleur to, to uh, go up against someone who knows our offense and our, our team in general really well. Yeah. I mean, our, like I said, our division's always strong. Um, it's always one of the strongest I'd say in the NFL and um, it'll, it'll be a challenge. <laughs> always is. Yeah. So I think one of the really special things about the 2019 season was the fact that Matt LaFleur's first season as the Packers head coach, he swept the division, which hadn't happened since 2011. And this pr- probably sounds really sacrilegious to say, but it is so hard to do that in your division. Uh, so I I don't think it's necessarily plausible that it's going to happen again in 2020, which, you know, really hurts to say. But the Bears, Lions and Vikings, I mean, the Packers didn't lead in a Vikings game or in a Lions game the entirety of the 2019 season, yet they still pulled out two wins. So really good matchups. I'm glad that you touched on Dom Capers joining the Vikings. I think that's a really interesting dynamic. Um, Something I guess I'm most interested in with these division games is what the Bears offense looks like in 2020, because they really struggled in the second year under Matt Nagy, which I know everyone kind of thought maybe was a warning flag for Packers fans going into a second year with their new head coach. So just kind of how this offense looks under Mitchell Trubisky, Uh, what they do with that passing offense and the rushing offense, because they were in the bottom third in both categories. So really quick before we wrap up the NFC North, I mean, I think the common theme here is that, you know, these rosters are going to look a lot different. The Vikings, as you mentioned, are over the salary cap right now. They've got about $12 million worth of trimming before they're even at par with the salary cap. So that's something that they're going to have to work on, whether they're restructuring contracts or releasing some veteran players. So that roster will look a little different. Uh, the Bears have about $13 million in cap space, uh, depending on what they want to do. They have notable names like HaHa Clinton-Dix um, on the market. I don't know if they'll be able to re-sign him, given the mega contract they just gave to Eddie Jackson. And then, of course, you have the Detroit Lions, who have a pretty large amount of cap space. They're well over the league average. They've got about $45 million. Um, so if they are indeed looking on building what they want to be a competitive roster, which is something that the front office addressed pretty heavily then they have a real opportunity to do that in free agency, whether they add some new pass rushers, some interior defensive linemen, however they go about doing that. Like you said, division games are always incredibly challenging. The fact that the Packers swept them in 2019 was a glorious thing for Packers fans, but probably not something that we can bank on happening for another, I don't know, eight seasons, let's say. So before we break down, we can start with the away games because I know you're probably more excited about the away games, I can tell. Let's just kind of run through what this Packers schedule is projected to look like for 2020. So right now, out of the gate, the Packers have been given the 15th hardest strength of schedule uh, with a .504, so just a little over 500. For context, in the 2019 season, Green Bay went 6-2 and two against teams that were 500 or better in 2019. Uh, and then six playoff teams are on the schedule for 2020, seven games if you factor having to play the Vikings twice. 
Um, so shifting now away from the NFC North, I guess let's talk about, you know, one of the divisions that the Packers will be playing in their entirety, and that is the NFC South with the New Orleans Saints, who finished 13-3, and made it to the wildcard round of the playoffs, and unfortunately lost to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Perry, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's not much that needs to be said that people don't already know about the Saints. Um, they're always contenders. They're going to be next season. Um Michael Thomas is coming off of literally historically the best season ever for a wide receiver. Um, and is also uh, was just named offensive player of the year. So um, he is, I think offensively the biggest challenge, um, you know, Sean Payton as a play caller and as a coach, I think it's going to be a very kind of similar situation to going up against like a Kyle Shanahan esque We're just like an incredible play caller. It's going to be really interesting to see how Petten stops them. Um, of course, Drew Brees is also coming off of a historic season. And I think just like Rogers wants one last ring before he retires. Um, he made some kind of retirement notions, but, um, they haven't really been that played up at all, but I'd be really shocked if he actually did retire, just given the season he's coming off of the momentum that the saints have, um, the desire, like I said, to get another ring and they have the talent to do so. Um, I think after losing in the wild card round in that way, they, they're probably going to come back with a vengeance and have a lot to prove, you know, it's going to be a challenge. Um, I'm really excited to see how Jair does going up against a player like Michael Thomas. I think it's going to be a really big test for him. It's going to be a theme. You're going to hear the rest of the episode with me about our cornerbacks going up against some of these, some really, really top elite wide receivers. Um, and like I said, it's going to be a challenge for Petten to stop that um, offense. Um, additionally, we're playing them in the dome and they play better in the dome. I mean, exponentially better in the dome than they do away. Um, I think that just adds another layer to it. Like the crowd there, everything is just gonna, um, it's gonna be difficult. I think like you mentioned earlier, there are definitely playoff implications for this game. Um, this past season, they were like one loss away from, you know, being in that wild card spot and the Saints actually being, you know, the number two seed. So, um, it's going to be exciting. Uh, I think, it's going to be a, I'm going to guess it's going to be a primetime game given the two of them. Um, so it's, it's going to be on the big stage and it's going to be a big game. Yeah. I think if you look at the saints offense, just there's so many weapons, whether it's whatever happens with the quarterback position, I think it's kind of a non-issue. I think Drew Brees will be back, but you know, they have Teddy Bridgewater, who's also a free agent. They have Taysom Hill who has basically said, I want to play quarterback, and if I don't get to play quarterback, I'll look elsewhere. So that quarterback room is kind of one of the most interesting storylines, at least to me, um, surrounding the Saints this offseason. But then you have, like you said, Michael Thomas, you have Jared Cook, you have Alvin Kamara in the run game. So this is one of those games to me that just feels like a team that can hit you from every angle. And whatever happens with Blake Martinez, I know that speed, especially on turf in the Dome, is going to be kind of a big deal uh, for this Packers defense and how they match up against the Saints. Uh, but let's kind of shift gears now and talk about the other NFC South team, the 7-9 and nine Buccaneers, um, led by head coach Bruce Arians, quarterbacked by famous Jameis, who also is a free agent yeah. going into 2020. Yeah, it's um, the Bucs are an interesting one for me, given that um, 
we don't play them super often, you know, as an AFC team, I don't follow them a ton. Um, but Jameis is like you said, a free agent. It'll, it'll really shape the team (laughs) if they keep him versus if they go with someone else. Um, I think he's the ideal quarterback for the Packers to go up against though. I hope they keep him because for a defense, that's already one of the best in turnover differentials. We're playing against a quarterback who literally gives away interceptions. So, um, I think that's a game where if Jameis is in fact the quarterback, um, there's a lot of potential for the Packers to do some serious damage on defense. Um, that being said, on the flip side, they have Shaq Barrett, who can really mess up an O-line, and he had 19 and a half sacks this season. So um, there's some challenges, but there's also, I think, some strengths for the Packers in this matchup, um, given um, you know what their our defense is, is really good at doing. Um, again, being away uh, is always a little bit of a challenge, but um, I see this being a game where the Packers should be favored to win. Yeah, I think the the dynamic with uh, Jamie's uh, Winston is going to be probably the most interesting again to follow. It's all these quarterbacks, um, but that that Buccaneers offense was the number one rated passing offense in the league in 2019, which seems baffling when you think about all the quarterbacks in the league and all the offenses because the Buccaneers finished seven and nine, but they were averaging over 300 yards a game. They had 33 touchdowns, almost 5,000 yards through the air. Um, so just a really ridiculous offense um, led by Jamie Swinston uh, thrown to guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, switching now to the AFC, or you know what, I guess we can finish with uh, the NFC before we switch to the AFC. How about we talk about probably the most intriguing matchup on the 2020 schedule? A little bit thankful, not going to lie, that the 49ers did not win the Super Bowl because now we know that the Packers won't kick off their 2020 season in Santa Clara, talking about the San Francisco 49ers, the 13 and three team that went to the Super Bowl as the NFC representative and then lost to the chiefs. Um, what are your thoughts on that game? Because I have quite a few. Oh yeah, me too. (laughs) First off, never doubt the NFL. They very well may make the 49ers Packers Mm -hmm. the Thursday night kickoff game. Uh, I don't know why that the schedulers, love to do that to the Packers. Um, I think they're psychic. I don't know. They love these narratives, but yeah, we have to go back to California. Um, you know, we, we saw what happened this year there. I don't think there's a reason, uh, any reason to rehash it. Um, I think more than anything to me, this is a mental game for the Packers. Um, we have the skill. We know what we're going up against. Of course, there's going to be changes in free agency, but can they put everything that happened there this season in the past and focus on the now and focus on the new season and getting it done. Um, I'm sure there's going to be feelings and sentiments of revenge game and third times the charm, et cetera, but can they block out everything and just focus on, you know, going one and oh that week. Um, Matt LaFleur's kind of mantra is going to be, I think really, really important for whenever it is that they play the 49ers again. Yeah. I think that this is one of those games that, It's not going to make or break a season, but it is very likely like the Saints game to have playoff implications. And it honestly would just be so cathartic for Matt LaFleur to have that game over his former mentor, over his brother. You know, there's all those narratives about his relationship with Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala, 
uh, Mike LaFleur, whatever kind of happens there. I think that this is one of those games where once he gets a W against the 49ers, um, I think he'll feel a little bit better. Um, this is also the number or was the number two rushing offense in the NFL in 2019, which the Packers are fully aware of giving up almost 300 yards to a single running back in the NFC championship game. Um, but this is a team that averaged over two or had over 2000 yards on the ground, averaged 4.6 yards a carry 23 touchdowns on the ground. Um, and then they were second in the NFL in total touchdowns. So as scary as players like Nick Bosa look, you know, lining up against um, this Packers O-line, that offense, as we are all well aware as Packers fans, has still posed plenty of challenges uh, for this Packers defense. So kind of the same way I said that I expect the Packers to bring more speed in the middle of the field for the Saints, that same thing is going to be necessary again against the 49ers. So I would I would definitely expect the Packers to look for someone quick at inside linebacker in one of the very early rounds if they don't go that route in free agency. So now that we've got the NFC out of the way, we have two AFC games on the schedule. The Packers are playing the AFC South this season. Starting, let's go with the Texans, who went 10-6 and six and lost in the divisional round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Okay. So, Packers fans, other than Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson is my favorite quarterback in the NFL. Um, I think he's just um, – He's masterful when he plays. Um, He can single-handedly win games for the Texans. We've seen it, and that's what about him reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's great. And then you add on top of that, you know, he's shifty, he can run, he can sling the ball down the field, and then he's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, who is by far and away a top-five wide receiver in the league. We're going up against a lot of those this season. Um, That duo, to me, is it blows my mind. Honestly, this is another game where I can't wait to see our cornerbacks, Jair specifically, go up against someone like DeAndre, who's definitely got size against him, has really good hands. Um, I think it's just going to be a big showing for him whether he is that elite cornerback or not. Um, I think the, not downside to the Texans, but the the weak spot to me is actually the coach. Um, I think Bill O'Brien's not the most creative um that's why Deshaun has to do a lot of really like masterful things to win games and and pull it out so um, I actually think this could be a game where defense really shows up um but I'm really excited to see uh how we play against against Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins yeah Watson is one of those guys that it's really hard to root against um, I think DeAndre Hopkins is the same way, especially if you know the story with him and his mom. Um, the Texans are definitely an uncommon opponent. The Packers only get to play them every four years. Um, but the last two times that the Packers have played the Texans, they have won. They've been some pretty memorable games. Um, the last time they played in Houston, the Packers ended up winning 42-24. to 24. Um, And then when they played at Lambeau in December, it was during that run-the-table season where the Packers ended up winning 21-13. to 13. Um, I always like the AFC games. I like the uncommon opponents because I think it kind of makes things a little more interesting uh, when you have guys that you don't get to see. For all we know, this could be, you know, the last time that Aaron Rodgers and uh, Deshaun Watson play each other barring a Super Bowl appearance. Um, So I think those narratives kind of make games especially interesting. Um, But if we shift to the other AFC South team the Packers are traveling for, this is another game on my will I or won't I travel with the team. 
Uh, Indy is really close to where I live, about four hours away. So let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts, who finished the season seven and nine and missed the postseason. Yeah, this is another really interesting matchup, just like the Texans, where the Packers don't really play them that often. The last time they played was November 2016, um, and they lost, but that was, of course, against the Andrew Luck Colts. Um, I think the quarterback position for the Colts is another area that's a little bit of a question mark. Um, They're going to stay with Jacoby Brissett or go um, with somebody else. Um, You know, there, there just isn't a lot of film to watch that makes me feel like I can say we're going to win and we're going to lose um, against the Colts. You know, it is a way, um, I don't know, like you said, it's just, it's one of those teams where we don't play them that often and it might be just a really interesting kind of fun um, surprise game. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Jacoby Brissett question mark, I think is one of the most intriguing aspects it's like you know we talked about it. it's all the quarterbacks but uh under Brissett the, the Colts had the number 30 passing offense in the league so that's definitely something I would expect them to look into in free agency could be a really nice landing spot for somebody like Jamie Winston if he does make it to the open market a lot of really in- intriguing uh quarterbacks on the open market you have Cam Newton who's another option Philip Rivers um is not going to be with the Chargers. Tom Brady, um, which, you know, the Tom Brady thing, I know this is not what the show is about, but (laughs) really, really hard to not see him in New England. So I don't know if that's really a story at all, but this is a really, really good year to need a quarterback. So depending on the kind of money that you want to spend, if the Colts don't think that Jacoby Brissett is their guy long-term, they might look at an option free agency. Um, But that offense still has plenty of weapons. Guys like T.Y. Hilton, uh, Marlon Mack had a fantastic season uh, for the the Colts in the run game. Um, but yeah, I know that they also drafted uh, Paris Campbell, who a lot of Packer fans really wanted, and he had a, a nice showing for a rookie. So yeah, I mean, I think that these are some very, this is a very interesting away schedule for the Packers. Um, a nice mix of playoff teams, uh, but no team worse than seven and nine on yeah. their away schedule, which is doesn't happen too often. You know, normally you have a couple teams that are uh, the weakest link. And so far on this Packers uh, 2020 schedule, that would be the Panthers at home. So a lot to look forward to. A lot of really fun places to play football that the Packers don't get to very often. Before switching gears to our home games, is there anything else about the away schedule in general um, that you are most looking forward to seeing anything about these teams that you kind of want to wrap up into a neat little bow? Um, I think it's just, I, I don't know. It feels like the Packers are playing a lot of really good teams away. I think the Colts have the potential to be better than the record. I think the Buccaneers have the potential to be better than the record. Both of them finished seven and nine. Um, and I know it's easy to say that about any team. We don't know that the Saints and 49ers will repeat a 13-3 and season. We don't know the Packers can repeat a 13-3 and season. Um, but there's just a lot of really stiff competition on this away schedule. Mm-hmm. Normally you have a couple toss-up games like the Packers had. Um, Washington, they which, you know, was at home. But Washington, the Giants, this game or this schedule doesn't really – you don't really look at it and say, ah, yes, a layup. It's just, it's just not, 
not what's happening. Um, but it also gave me three games I really want to travel for. So I guess now it's it's my task to figure out which of those I want to get to. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a little, I looked at it and I was like, ouch, um, that might be tough. But, ch- you know, things change every, every year. So never know what can happen and what the Packers can hopefully accomplish away. Um, okay, so let's talk about the away, the home schedule. Um, there's some definitely interesting matchups that are going to be coming to Green Bay for us here. Um, the first on my list is the Falcons. We have a long history with the Falcons. So what's your take on that game? The Falcons game is really interesting to me because I think about that being the last time they played was mid-December of 2018. That was the Joe Philbin head coaching debut right after the Mike McCarthy firing. So it was one of those games where it's like, how are the Packers going to look? Um, the season was kind of over at that point. They weren't really playing for the playoffs. They were kind of just playing for pride and for coach Philbin. Ended up winning it pretty handedly, 34 to 20. Um, but it always looks different, you know, when they play away. It's they, The Falcons-Packers dynamic is one of those dynamics where it feels like the home team has the advantage. Uh, so I guess in that aspect, I'm happy that the Packers are playing the Falcons at Lambeau. Um, because they were the number three overall passing offense in 2019. Um, Matt Ryan is still, I would say, a top 10 quarterback in the league. He's got incredible amount of weapons in the passing game, uh, Julio Jones, Ridley, uh, but their rushing offense needs a lot of work. So I think if you look at the Falcons, they they really came on hot in the end of the season when it was just kind of too late and they couldn't really break into the NFC because there were so many good teams in the NFC this year that the Falcons really couldn't catch anyone slipping. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that they were a better team than a seven and nine record. And I think that that's going to be definitely one of the more challenging home games that the Packers are playing, looking at their home schedule outside of division games. I would honestly say it's either the first or second, just in terms of difficulty and kind of what this Packers team, where the strengths and weaknesses lie, how they match up against that Falcons roster. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the history is um, definitely a big one. Um, you know, you can't forget that horrific down in the last NFC championship game that the Packers went to. But um, I mean, I agree. I think it is a little bit of a home field advantage and uh, you know, they're coming from Atlanta Um Maybe it'll be December when they come and it'll be snowing and it'll be even more an advantage for us. But I mean, I agree with you. I think the Falcons are one of those teams kind of like the Packers, honestly, where, yeah, they went seven and nine, but everyone kind of expects them to bounce back, especially with Matt Ryan. I agree with you. I still think he's an incredibly talented quarterback and Julio Jones, again, an elite wide receiver that our cornerbacks are going to have to go up against. Um, But no, I just, I would never count them out. Um, but I'm definitely glad it's one that is you know, going to be played at Lambeau. I actually, it's so funny that you had it, said something about their rushing game because I had a note here that this is one of the only games that I think is going to be actually good for our rush D. Um, won't be like this big test, you know, that it's definitely not their strength. Um, so I think it'll be a test for, for how we can shut down the pass. Um, so going to the other team that's in their division that's coming to Lambeau. Um, what do you think about the Panthers? I'm kind of biased because I was at the Panthers game at Lambeau last season. So 2019, and it was probably my favorite game of the season. 
Uh, Lambo looked like a snow globe. I was in the end zone where Christian McCaffrey got stuffed at the inch line. Uh, we were all freezing. We kind of looked like snowmen. And we were like, please just announce that he got stopped so we can head to our cars and drive home. Um, but it was, it was a really fun game to be at. Um, anytime I like to look at these matchups and think about players that might potentially be in the Hall of Fame. So like when Drew Brees came to Lambeau, I was like, oh, cool. Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, got to see him play live. And Christian McCaffrey, I know it's early in his career, but he feels like one of those players where it's like, if you get the opportunity to see him play in person, highly recommend it because he could be a future Hall of Famer if his trajectory stays kind of where it's at. Um, Their offense was weirdly stagnant for being the Panthers, and I know that a lot of that was because Cam Newton got hurt. Kyle Allen was still developing in the system. Uh, The Panthers aren't necessarily loaded with weapons outside of Christian McCaffrey. He's kind of their Swiss Army knife do-it-all player. And it has worked okay for them, but I would expect them to load up on offensive weapons. I don't think Cam Newton will be back. So that automatically makes um, this matchup a little more intriguing, whether they stick with Kyle Allen, which I think they could. I think he's talented enough to play in the league. And the the Panthers' defense also is going to look kind of weird now that Luke Kuechly has retired. Uh, So this is one of those teams that it's really hard to measure so early into the offseason because key players, I mean, when I think of the Panthers personally, I think of Cam Newton on offense and Luke Kuechly on defense. So going into a season now where neither of those players are expected to be on the field, you know, that makes it really interesting. But Christian McCaffrey is always going to be a threat to the team. Um, If Greg Olson... He did also get released, I believe. He said that he was not coming back uh, to the Panthers. They did not want to re-sign him. So seems like a changing of the guard in Carolina, as weird as that sounds, where the roster turnover is so extreme that it's really hard to get a gauge on them. They were mediocre on offense, really pretty solid on defense, but going 5'11", I would expect their arrow to be pointing up going into 2020. Yeah, I completely agree. They're definitely a wild card just given all the changes they are having at key positions, um, as well as a new head coach that's not even an NFL head coach. He's a college coach. So, like, nobody really knows what Matt Rule is going to bring to this team, um, what kind of play caller he's going to be, um, which is a little bit of an advantage and a disadvantage, I think, um, you know, as their opponent. Um, I, you know, new scheme. Um, I thought this season <laughs> – I, I agree. It was one of my favorite games to watch. I unfortunately wasn't there like you, but um, <laughs> my highlight of that game was actually that Kyle Allen grew up in Wisconsin and that he played and got to play in Lambeau with his parents there. That's pretty cool. Just from like an NFL, like fandom perspective, like that's awesome for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Greg Olson gone, Cam Newton probably gone, Luke Kuechly gone. It's, I don't know who we're going up against besides Christian McCaffrey. Um, so it's going to be a true test for our run D and uh, you know, I mean, they kept us in it until the very end. So um, I think it'll be, it'll be an interesting game for sure. Um, it's going to be one of those games. I think that the outcome might depend not just on the players, but when we play in the season. So is it going to be in September when they're still really new um, or is it going to be in, you know, in December when we might have more kind of information on what the team looks like. Um, so I'm excited to see how that kind of matchup rematch, if you will, um, goes. So now we're going to jump to some of our AFC um, opponents in the Jags and the Titans. Um, tell me what you think about the Jaguars coming up to Lambeau this season. 
We had talked about this pre-show where the Jaguars are also a question mark because you don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. The Jaguars gave Nick Foles an incredible amount of money uh, for somebody that we're not necessarily sure will be the starting quarterback in Jacksonville. Um, Gardner Minshew kind of reminds me of like a cartoon character or like a WWE personality where he's just fun. Is he an NFL quarterback? I don't really know yet, but I guess we'll find out a lot more about that whole roster this offseason. Um, I would kind of think that they'll ride with Nick Foles um, going into this season, but it could be similar to the 2019 season where they kind of switch back and forth, depending on if one of them is able to get hot and kind of lead this offense. Um, there, these AFC South teams are so interesting because, you know, the Jaguars finished six and 10 really mediocre offense, kind of averaged like the middle in just about every stat on offense um, so no real standouts there for them outside of Leonard Fournette, um, who led the charge in their rushing game. Uh, when I think about the Jaguars, I weirdly think about Nathaniel Hackett and his tenure there, even though the roster has changed so much that, you know, a lot of these guys weren't even there anymore, didn't even play with him. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think there's talent on that Jaguars roster. I think that the AFC South is a really tough draw right now because, you know, the Titans made it to the AFC Championship at 9-7. and seven. The Colts are better than their record. The Texans made it to the playoffs. So even though the Jaguars finished 6-10, and 10, they really kind of were out of it early, it felt like, in that division. Um, so it's, it's really hard. I know this feels like a cop-out to say that, you know, all of these games feel hard. Uh, but D.D. Westbrook looks really good uh, for their offense. I think that he'll be a good test for this Packers defense. Um, but the Jaguars, I guess, to me, are just – the thing that makes them fun is that nobody knows kind of what this roster will look like and whether or not they'll be moving to London in the future, which I think also makes them interesting. I know a lot of Packer fans kind of were hoping that next time they played the Jaguars it would be in London because the Jaguars travel so frequently. But given that they're playing at home now in 2020 – I guess our next best shot at seeing the Packers in London would be in 2024. Yeah. Um, I would, I would love to see the Packers go to London. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Um, people, there's some fans out there that are angry that they think it's some conspiracy that we've never gone. I'd love it. Send us. Be cool. <laughs> I'll go to London to watch a game. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the Jaguars are another like big wild card team. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I actually disagree with you that this game is going to be difficult. Um, when I was looking at the schedule, like holistically, I was like, okay, Jags, that might be our layup game. You know, <laughs> that, that might be the one they're coming up to Lambeau. That might be good. Not to say that you ever, ever, ever overlook a team. Never. But um, if there was like one game that I had to choose this season, this upcoming season, that was like, yeah, we should probably win that one. It's, it's this game. Um, so shifting gears now to the Titans, I have two words for you, Derek Henry. How do you feel about Derek Henry and the Titans coming up to Lambeau? I guess my other two words then would be free agency. <laughs> I would like, I would like to think that the, the Titans would try and retain someone like Derek Henry who, completely ran over the entire league in the playoffs. I mean, without Derrick Henry, this Titans team does not get to the AFC championship game. This team doesn't make the playoffs without Derrick Henry. 
Um, and I know that there's like a taboo in the NFL to give huge contracts to running backs because they never seem to live up to those giant contracts. Or you have guys like Raheem Mostert for the 49ers who went undrafted, are playing on, you know, abysmal contracts and make it to the Super Bowl. So it's really hard to kind of determine where Derrick Henry will end up. But if he is back in Tennessee, definitely a player that will give Packer fans nightmares for the entire weekend. Um, Number three rushing offense, five yards per carry, over 138 yards a game, 21 total touchdowns from that offense um, on the ground. Another super interesting part of the Titans, and I I feel like this should have just been a quarterback's episode, is Ryan Tannehill. I don't think Marcus Mariota stays in Tennessee. He got benched. There's no way to think that they bring him back for another look. Um, but he is a free agent, whether he ends up somewhere else in the AFC South, like, you know, maybe he winds up a Colt. I know some Packer fans are really intrigued by bringing him to Green Bay to be a backup quarterback, given his history with Matt LaFleur. Um, I just don't see it happening. But I think Tannehill is good enough to play another season for the Titans. Um, he came on really strong, earned like just about every bonus in his contract where he wasn't supposed to make any money. Um, but because they benched Mariota, he came in and filled in pretty admirably, you know, like we said, took his team to the AFC championship game, but that's a pretty talented roster. That's very young. You know, you have guys like AJ Brown who were just drafted. Um, Corey Davis is young, plays really well. Um, and then they have the attitude to play defense with guys like Malcolm Butler, um, So I really like the Titans roster holistically. Um, I think that having them at Lambeau will be nice because Packers fans will be able to kind of get loud and maybe change the dynamic of some of that game. Um, But going into this season, maybe if you if you didn't have the 2019 background, you'd think that the Titans game would be the layup because it's just kind of how the franchise has been historically hovering around eight and eight not really doing a whole lot uh, getting into the playoffs or making a deep push. Then 2019 happened and a nine and seven team went to the championship game. So um, I really like this matchup for the Packers. I think it's really interesting. Um, And just, you know, it's another one of those teams that depending on what happens with Henry, super strong running game um, where you're going to want a thumper in the middle of the field, whether that's Blake Martinez or someone a little bit more speedy that can kind of go sideline to sideline. Yeah, for sure. We're going to need someone to be able to bring down that man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with you on a little bit on, like, the paying running backs, but just watching what he did this season, I mean, he carried that team, literally carried. <laughs> nice little football pun there. Um, so I'd be shocked if they let him go because you know he'd get picked up somewhere else and get paid monstrous money if he did actually hit the market. Um I'm excited to see the Packers go up against them. I think they're going to come into this season with the same kind of energy as the Packers, like, and the same momentum. Like, you know, we made a push, we made it to the championship game. We lost, like, you know, we proved ourselves this season and, and now we have to build off of that. I think it's going to be a big season for Vrabel saying like, yeah, last season wasn't a fluke. I know we went nine and seven, but like we really can be contenders in a division that I think, you know, that top spot is a little bit up for grabs um, between the Titans, Colts, and Texans. Um, you know, it, it could be a pretty um, competitive division to see see what happens. So um, I'm definitely excited to see Derrick Henry and the and the Titans 
potentially Derrick Henry, you know, come to Lambeau as well. All right. So the last game I have on my list, I think is going to be a big rematch for the Packers. Um, Eagles coming back to Lambeau. Um, what do you think about this? What do we think about the Eagles as a team? You know, I think they had a little bit of a tough season. We, we saw them at their best <laughs> last season. So what do you think about Carson Wentz and the Eagles coming up to Lambeau again this year? I feel like the Eagles caught a really bad break with the injury bug in 2019. They never seem to have their full roster available to them because their full roster is loaded. Uh, Carson Wentz, you know, really seems hit or miss um, lately, even though he's been more hit than miss. Um, He's still just, I know he got uh, the four-year contract that, you know, is through 2025 now. Um, I just, I guess I never have felt like he's fully lived up to that robust of a contract. Um, So this, I think, will be a big year for him. Um, They've got studs on the defensive line like Fletcher Cox, um, one of the best tight ends in the game, and Zach Ertz. So I do really think that this is a good opportunity for the Packers uh, to play the Eagles again. They did make the playoffs, but like I said, I don't think that the Eagles were ever necessarily at full strength in 2019. I think that even though they did beat the Packers, um, their roster was kind of decimated at that point, um, which doesn't bode well for the Packers offense since they still ended up losing. Um, But I think having an Eagles team come back to Lambeau at full strength, it's going to be a really good matchup. I feels really much, very much like a one score game at this point. Um, I do think it could come down to the very end, like it did in 2019. And I always like Doug Peterson. It's hard. It's hard to root against Doug Peterson. I will whatever day the Eagles come to Lambeau, but I, I do think that the Eagles will be one of those teams that performs better in 2020 than they did in 2019. I think that uh, between the Eagles and probably the Cowboys, those two are going to be the class of the NFC East heading into uh, this season. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to tell. They were just so who they were since they were so banged up this year. Um, you're right. Like they have all the pieces. Um, I'm, I'm most curious to see what happens when Deshaun Jackson is healthy for a season. Um, I think when they, when they signed him, I was like, you know, dang, dang, that's a good, that's a good signing there. But, um, unfortunately he didn't, he didn't make it through the season with them. Um, I think something about having your team be that banged up, it allows some of your, um, you know, lower on the depth chart guys to step up. Um, and they did. So Doug Peterson is a pretty creative, like offensive mind. So I'm curious to see how he takes some of those guys like Boston Scott, who had to step up because people were so hurt, um, and was able to shine a little bit, like how Doug Peterson plays, um, plays those players. Cause I think that just could pose an additional challenge for the Packers. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Definitely, a definitely a close game could potentially have playoff implications depending on, um, you know, how, what the record is and, and how they're playing and where it is in the season. Um, they're a team that it's hard to count out, um, even though they had kind of a, let's say a disappointing season by any stretch of the imagination for them in 2019. So um, should be a good matchup. Um, definitely will be a good matchup. Uh, I would actually love to go to Lambo for that game. Okay, so we went through the team's how do you feel about the home games as a whole? Um, of course, you know, we always have that Lambeau advantage, but um, what do you think? I, 
hope that the Eagles are one of the early games so that you get to go. Um, like, I hope they're one of the September games, even though it's really fun to be there in October, too, when it's like sweatshirt weather. But as a whole, I mean, I think that away schedule is pretty daunting given where the Packers are traveling. Depending on kind of how these rosters shake out, the Panthers and Jaguars could end up kind of seeing themselves in rebuilding years. The Falcons will be a challenge. The Titans will be a big challenge. And, you know, we kind of talked about how the Eagles have a roster that is improving. You know, to have two of these games with teams that are kind of maybe still exploring their identities and might end up similar um, with similar records in 2020 or even going kind of maybe eight and eight missing the playoffs. I like this as a home schedule for Green Bay. I think that this is a, a schedule that they'll play well against, especially going um, seven and one at home in Matt LaFleur's first season. You know, we talked about how it's hard to do this so far in advance, but assuming that the Packers make improvements to their run defense, which I think was really the crux of this team, um, where they really needed to make the most adjust- adjustments, I'm excited to see what the Packers offense looks like in 2020. And I think with just some minor tweaks to the roster, maybe adding a couple more skill players, this is a team that's going to hopefully make a deep playoff push. And I don't think any of these home teams outside of maybe the Titans, if they keep Derrick Henry would really pose an insane threat to the Packers. Like some of those home games that they had in 2019 Um, outside of, you know, maybe the Vikings and bears just because, you know, division games are always really challenging. Yeah, of course. And we have historically been in a division that's always competitive um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel good. I feel, I feel similar to you. I feel good about the home, the home games. Um, especially because I feel like the home field advantage is actually a very real thing for the Packers, especially late in the season when it's cold. Almost all of these teams are coming from warm weather places. Uh, and you know, it really is an advantage. Um, you know, when you're used to playing in negative degree weather and the snow and the wind, um, especially for kickers, like if we keep Mason Crosby and think there's close games, like my money's on him, you know, in the, in those games. Um, so yeah, definitely hoping to get my first trip to Lambeau, um, for one of these games. So yeah, for Packers fans listening, I'm from New York have yet to go to Lambeau for a game. I know that's a crazy thing to hear if you're from Wisconsin. So one of these is going to be the one. Um, I hope it's one that we win. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about Packer fans, but if you go to a game and the team loses, all of Twitter tells you that you're never allowed to go back. So luckily for 2019, I mean, it's really hard with them going 13 and three to be at a game where they lost, but I was at all three W's, so I'm allowed to now go back for the 2020 season. So I hope the same for you um, in 2020. It would um, be very disappointing if uh, <laughs> my first time at Lambeau was a loss. I mean, that would, that would hurt me, I think. <laughs> I don't want to be bad luck time. Yeah, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Um, we have gone well over time today, so we will go ahead and wrap things up here. Perry. If uh, all of our Cheesehead TV and Packers fans want to follow you on Twitter, where can they do that? You can follow me at Goldstein Perry, Perry, P-E-R-R-I. Um, and uh, of course, don't forget to follow the Packs What She Said podcast at PWSS podcast. 
All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I also write for She Said TV two times a week. And I podcast with the Pack a Day podcast crew on their Thursday show as well. Thank you for joining us on this lovely Saturday. And once again, go Pack Go. Is back in town. The Green Bay Packers are.